Friendship at First Sight, Revisited. Perhaps some of you read Shane with me. If you didn't, don't worry. I'll tell you what you need to know to make the connection here. But also, don't miss it. It's a gem. Shane opens with its title character, a dark and mysterious stranger riding up to the homestead of Joe Starrett. Shane has an air of danger and guardedness about him, and when they meet, the two men spend their first moments sizing each other up. But at the conclusion of those brief moments, each has made an irrevocable decision. With an eye to the words, appearances, and gestures that really matter, they are able to see into each other's souls, and each instantly views the other as an equal and as a friend. Something similar happens here, with Pierrot and Dauverny. Their connection must transcend much more than a secretive past and a suspicious manner. It is one that must be formed across a far greater cultural divide, unjustly condescending master to bitterly resentful slave. But despite their struggles and misunderstandings, they too see something special in each other almost from the start. It is that basic substance of the soul that induces them to call each other brother. In both cases, these men of noble spirit know that what counts is a man's character, and they know where to look to see that character revealed. Because Piero is leading a secret slave revolt, in which he is forced to save Dauverny's family surreptitiously, Dauverny is guilty of many gravely unjust, but understandable, misapprehensions. But these conclusions about Piero always seem to be formed against his better judgment. His heart always tells him that Piero is a great man. He saw greatness in the Herculean strength of a rival, and in the strength it took to surrender the fight rather than bring anguish to the heart of the woman they both loved. He saw greatness in the dauntless courage of a man who would risk his life to protect that woman by doing battle with an alligator bare-handed, and to protect a fellow slave by standing up to a cruel and capricious master. He saw greatness in a man who could break the iron bars of his prison cell, and yet stay confined within it, rather than let his captors think he was afraid. Every time he saw Piero, he was overcome with an inexplicable reverence for the noble and dignified bearing of this slave who had the appearance of a king. In these last chapters, when Piero appears and the memory of him carrying off Marie overwhelms Dauverny with rage and a desire for revenge, he finds himself again captivated by the nobility and pride that radiate from Piero's being. Though his actions had seemed to brand him an enemy and an arch-rival, Dauverny simply cannot be fully convinced that he ought to mistrust a man who behaves like he does. When Dauverny laments the chains that stop him from seeking his revenge, Piero orders him to be set free. When he cries out for his rival's death, Piero hands him his own dagger. When he begs him to engage with him in a fair fight, Piero refuses— declaring it impossible for him to lift his hand against his friend, even to protect himself. His every action is characterized by a fearlessness and honor matched only by that of Dauverny himself. Because these two great men are such kindred spirits, it is gratifying to see their misunderstandings dispelled and their friendship reaffirmed. 
it is nothing more than a confirmation of the truth that Dauverny had known at first sight. He learns that Pierrot had left his post of leadership in the insurrection to save the life of Marie, that he had kept his own feelings for her concealed and consoled her with the promise of Dauverny's deliverance, that he was willing to sacrifice his own life to save those of Dauverny and of the hostages that would be taken if he fled, and that, through all this, he had borne Dauverny's condemnation without complaint. And aside from that, Dauverny learns that this heroic being was indeed the son of a king, subjected by the whites to monstrous and unspeakable cruelties, and yet that he is able to maintain the clarity and independence of judgment that will allow him to call one among those white men brother. I think my favorite moment in the reunion of these friends at first sight was this quiet but powerful communion, when Pierrot finishes his story and asks Dauverny what he would have done. Quote, This frightful tale froze me with horror. I replied by a threatening gesture. He understood me, and with a bitter smile, he continued. Unquote. I've always wanted to create an anthology of literary friendships, and this is a new one for my list. <laughs>